Are you one of those people that sees life as one big experiment? How does that work? What happens if we do this? What's that over there? Why did that happen? Yeah, me too. This is a podcast about being curious, being willing to give things a try and not settling for the status quo. Sometimes we fly and sometimes we fall, but there's always a lesson to be learned and a good story to tell. So join me, Nathie Gaffney, and my guests as we share stories of how we've turned fuck-ups into features. Life is short, people. I figure, let's just suck it and see. Hello, lovelies. Today I'm going to talk about something that has actually threatened to derail my year before the fucking thing's even gotten off the ground. Uh, And in fact, it started at the end of last year and just sort of rolled on over New Year and into the new year. And because it's afflicted me, and uh, and I've spent some time trying to deal with it and get over it and find ways to cope with it. I thought I might share with you um, my little journey through this to see if uh, if any of you recognise any of the signs and symptoms of what I've been going through in yourself and that you might find a little bit of value and use in um, in understanding what it is thanks to my uh, nerdy nerdy little bit of uh, half-assed research, and maybe be able to pick up a few tips, tricks, and techniques to support yourself. So, folks, what am I talking about? I am talking about compassion fatigue, or you might have heard it called an empathy deficit, or the more technical term, I have no more fucks left to give. So without going into the, um, the boo-hoo, the poor me, my, um, my Christmas was spent dealing with family drama that is unnecessary, ongoing, chronic, pointless, uh, just, you know, just a clusterfuck, a, a marathon clusterfuck that's I'm making that, um, that I just didn't have the bandwidth for. I'd had a big year at, at work and I really needed a break. I really wanted uh, not having uh, been to Queensland, being able to cross the borders to get to see my family, my extended family. I really wanted to go up there and enjoy the summer and enjoy the Christmas and see my family and play with the dog and go swimming and walking and doing all of those sorts of fun things. Unfortunately, as it was, I flew into this, um, like I said, ongoing uh, family drama that had reared its ugly head just in time for Christmas. There's one particular fam- family member that just hijacks um, hijacks these family events um, with alarming regularity. And, uh, and as it was, uh, we love this person and, you know, we had to step in and take care of them, etc., etc. But as it was, it left me feeling so depleted. And, and I, I got to the point after Christmas, I was supposed to be going 
hopping on a plane and going to Brisbane, spending the night with some girlfriends and then New Year's Eve back in Sydney with some friends and da, da, da. And I ended up doing none of that. I had to stay in Queensland and look after this family member until, I don't know, about the 3rd of January. And last year when a similar set of circumstances presented, presented themselves, I went, I dipped right deep into my compassion well, that well of love that I have for this person, this sense of, your sense of loyalty and, and, and compassion and empathy and, and sympathy too. I plumbed deep into it and, um, you know, and I've continued that feeling. But this year when I got up there, I, I was already kind of running on empty and and so this time when the same set of circumstances it was just like lather rinse repeat I just I, I felt like it was groundhog day but nothing had changed um and and this time although I stayed and I did all the right things my response my internal response was very very different this time I was resentful, I was angry, I was frustrated, I felt helpless and overwhelmed and overwrought, I felt tired but wired, I, I, I had the real kind of poor me, why me thing um, happening inside my head and it was it was a really, really, it, it was a really horrible place to be. It was a quite a foreign place for me to be because I, I am a very compassionate person. It's one of the things that I consider to be a strength and uh, it's one of the things that I really like about myself. So for this to have been so deeply and profoundly challenged with someone who I've spent my entire life loving, it was a really, really difficult thing to face. I've known for a long time that I have high levels of empathy. What I didn't know was that I've known for a really long time that I have that I have high levels of empathy. I did one of those um, psychometric profiling tools. It's called Strengths Finders, and um, it gives you your top your top five strengths. And if you go into a you know a big debrief and you understand from a coaching perspective how you can use that to leverage those strengths, and my top strength. Out of, and there's 37 strengths you can have. And my top strength was empathy. And that's great because being empathetic, it means that I can see other people's perspectives. I can walk a mile in other people's shoes. Um, I can understand their, their, their point of view, all of that sort of stuff. But it also means that I can take on people's shit. I can take on people's crap. I can also take on their joy. And their excitement and that's a fantastic thing but it means 
that you're this that you're this sponge and the sponge absorbs and it also rings out so the sponge works both ways and i have been called previously highly sensitive i've been called overly sensitive and 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 i started doing a little bit of reading on this and i started exploring the term empath and it's funny whenever i've seen it before i've always thought empath oh it's kind of just a little bit you know like woo woo like is an empath you know they're so empathetic that they that you know they're they're psychic or clairvoyant or or whatever and look i love a bit of energy and spirituality but i am also um you know i love me a bit of science so to call myself an empath even though i know i'm highly sensitive and i have a high degree of empathy um i had uh, i had either disregarded or not considered myself to be an empath and but through this this period that i went through over christmas i i found myself wanting to know more about it because i thought how am i going to get out of this how am i actually going to protect myself and how am i going to bounce back from it because at the time i really didn't feel like i knew what to do and so i started doing some some reading and i found out that there are different types of empathy Mm, tell me more. So it turns out all empathy is not created equal. And one of the things I did discover when I started to do a little bit of reading about it is that the, the actual term empathy is, is relatively new. It's actually only been around for about the last 100 years. I wonder if that's, uh, if that's why we used to push kids into coal mines and up chimneys, because maybe up until 100 years ago, we didn't fucking have empathy. No, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure we had it, but it certainly wasn't something that was valued as a human quality or a trait. So now when we think of empathy, we think of, um, you know, being able to sense other people's feelings, walk a mile in my shoes, that, all of that sort of stuff. But it turns out there are three different types of empathy. So there's cognitive empathy, there's emotional empathy, and there's compassionate empathy. And they're all part of empathy, but they are quite separate and different. And you might have two, but not so much of the other one, or you might have one, or you might have just massive helpings for three. So the cognitive empathy is all around your brain. And um, I think Daniel Goleman, who wrote uh, Emotional Intelligence, he sort of calls it the ability to take perspectives, perspective taking. So it's that capacity to be able to see things from another person's point of view. So that's cognitive empathy. So if you are open to other people's perspectives and points, then it's likely that you have cognitive empathy. Uh, then there's emotional empathy. And emotional empathy is that you feel things. It can also be construed as physical empathy. You know, sometimes if um, someone gets hit in the stomach, or I remember when they used to watch Australia's Funniest Home Videos, I never fucking found that shit funny. Because when people fell over and hurt themselves, I felt that pain. You know, people around me would be going, <laughs> I just thought it was heinous. So 
if you have emotional empathy, you are likely to feel people's discomfort. And you can feel people's discomfort, uh, not just in their physical discomfort, but also uh, if, they're, if they're distressed. So if they're in emotional or mental discomfort, you can feel that on their behalf. Uh, and then the third thing, the third part of empathy is compassionate empathy. And compassionate empathy is all about that readiness, that willingness and that ability to lean into others with care and compassion. So as I was doing this reading, I was thinking, well, fuck me, I've got all of that, you know, cognitive, particularly if, uh, with, you know, with coaching and, and what I do as, as a day job, I've certainly got emotional empathy. I, you know, I, I cry in television commercials and I you know, cry at the end of really bad movies where no one's, you know, no one's shedding a tear. And I certainly have emotional empathy. I lean in. I, I, I deeply care for other people's discomfort. However, there are downsides to being this completely open portal of emotion and feeling. And that is, if you don't know how to shut the tap off, you can become depleted, seriously depleted. And when you get depleted, some really unfortunate things happen. Uh, and certainly one of the things that happened to me this Christmas was, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, I got really, uh, I got really resentful. I got angry. I actually didn't want to see anyone. And, and, oh my God, not only was I looking after this family member, but I stayed in town to, um, to babysit my, my brother's dog while he and his, um, his family went on a much needed holiday. I have to say, I offered to stay. Um, but even just that added compassion and empathy of having to care for the dog. I did care for the dog, by the way, brother, if you're listening, but just the effort uh, to feed it and walk it and love it was such a fucking chore. And honestly, I love that dog. I love Roxy. But that week I was so depleted and it was really interesting because I didn't actually feel tired. I was sleeping eight hours a night because fuck me, I wasn't going anywhere. I wasn't doing anything. Uh, so I was getting enough sleep, but I still felt exhausted the next day. I was dragging my sorry ass around. The fact that it's 34 degrees um, Celsius in, uh, in Townsville in the middle of summer doesn't help. But even in the air conditioning, I was depleted. What else happened? Yeah, I, I, would, I would cry at completely inconsequential things like a song, you know, an emotional strain from a song or a chorus would come on and I would just find myself weeping. So there were all these signs and, and also like when my friends called up to, you know, just have a, like a normal little, oh, like this is happening and that's happening and da, da, da. I literally found myself not wanting to talk to people. I literally found myself going, I just don't care. I don't have the bandwidth to listen to your shit and I've got no more fucks left to give. And it's when you are a naturally caring empathetic, compassionate person, it's a really, it's a really unhappy place to be. So if you recognize any of that in you, 
maybe as a result of a long and protracted uh, festive season of not necessarily getting the rest and restoration that you want because I know I didn't um, or it might be ongoing you might be in a carer's role you might be a single parent of young children who constantly need your attention you might be a teacher you might be a carer you might be a veterinary nurse who has a high level of empathy and doesn't like to see little critters in pain. Whatever it is, if you're noticing that empathy fatigue, that compassion fatigue and that feeling of de depletion, there are some things that you could do. So in the last part of the episode today, what I'm gonna share with you is some strategies, techniques, um, and ideas that you can explore, utilize, or practice to help you restore, repair, and perhaps protect yourself against further depletion if you are a highly sensitive person. And some of the things I'm going to talk about are based uh, in science they're you know they're clinically proven through psychology and scientific research and some of the things i'm going to suggest might come from the more esoteric fields and honestly it really doesn't matter you do you prove whatever works whatever gets you through the night so one of the first things that um that you can do to protect yourself and start to uh, repair and restore is to really clearly set limits um, both with yourself like what what are my limits like understanding understanding your own um, your own tipping points and working with that not pushing through them constantly okay so knowing your own limits but then off the back of that is then being able to set boundaries. Now, setting boundaries is a really is a really interesting thing because we all have them. Some we have really uh, fixed or rigid boundaries, and some are you know some are more they're a little bit loose. You know the lines are a little bit blurred. You have to figure out what is going to work for you. For, for years and years and years, and um, and my friends will attest to this. I have had uh, like a personal rule that says one, two, three strikes, you're out. And what that means is if someone comes to me with a problem or a gripe or a vent, I will listen to it compassionately and I will offer advice, suggestion, counsel, support, whatever it is that that person needs. But if after the third time I have heard this story, and nothing has changed. For example, you know, this person literally has done nothing to change it, to progress a problem. They've taken no action and they're not coming to me with a progress report. They're just actually still venting, ranting and banging on about the same fucking thing. I draw a line in the sand because effectively what that means is what they're saying to me is that I'm actually not interested in fixing this. I just want to complain about it some more. And I'm sorry, ain't nobody got time for that. We've got a finite number of days on this planet, uh, unless someone's figured out the, you know, some fucking trick that they haven't told me about. And can I interview you on my podcast if you have? Uh, 
but you know otherwise that's a you know that's a boundary it's just like i don't want to hear about this anymore if you've got progress or you want to ask me additional questions or you want to bounce some ideas off knock yourself out but one two three strikes and you're out if you just want to bang out about bang on about the same thing so limits and boundaries uh another thing is asking yourself a question if you are a highly empathic person and we talked about the different types of empathy if you have um if you have this capacity to take on the feelings that feeling of distress discomfort anxiety depression whatever it is that other people are handling you it's it's often a really really good place to to, to stop and say if you feel like you're taking this on ask yourself just pause and ask yourself is this mine is this emotion that i'm feeling is this symptom that i am actually experiencing is this my stuff or am i actually just taking it on board sympathetically and feeling somebody else's pain because empathy is one thing sympathy is another and if you are overly sympathetic and you are just taking on board that person's emotion then it can really um, it can really undo you and also if your true nature is to help someone you just feeling someone's pain is actually not helping them being able to acknowledge it but then being able to create some space and say i can i can support you i can sit with you in this but it's not my task so being actually able to um to check in with yourself that is what you're feeling rightfully yours to be feeling so that's another one so now we're going to get into a little bit of esoteric stuff uh, a lot of people love crystals and i've got a lot of friends that do and in my early i've got a shit ton of crystals and i used to i used to really love them i i now sit with things like that to a lesser degree and i i meditate and create stillness from from a different place but whatever crystals may or may not mean to you they can provide you with a point of focus that helps you to calm quiet your sympathetic nervous system and through the slowness of your breathing and that focus and pushing away the noise that can come with over um over empathizing is um it triggers your parasympathetic nervous system which uh helps you to restore rest and recover so whether it's you know let's just sort of cover off a few things here whether it's meditating on crystals whether it's you know just looking into the flame of a candle whether it's um being out in nature um you know and and, and beauty in nature does help uh, reclaim your equanimity as well but all of those things from a neurological perspective help to uh, calm the sympathetic nervous system so there's some things that you can do um, obviously the, the the science based and the health based things that we all know is get enough sleep limit caffeine often highly sensitive people you're not just highly sensitive to other people you're highly sensitive to substances so you might be highly sensitive to alcohol you might be highly sensitive to caffeine and if that's the case just know thyself you know limit that shit because that shit is not helping you um sometimes just reducing noise 
is is a really good way to um, to take the stress off your nervous system as well. Plan some time for decompression. Uh, another thing, and I talked about this um, in one of the one of the posts I did on Instagram, was get yourself in or near water. Water, we do know, and this is scientifically proven, that being in water, whether you're swimming in it, um, immersed in it, cold water therapy, um, even having you know a lovely hot bath at night, immersing yourself in water, uh, helps your brain release all sorts of restorative and protective uh, neurochemicals. So water is great. And if you can't get in it, then look at it listen to it, be near it. Water is incredibly calming, soothing and restorative. Another thing that, I, um, that I've read about and then I reflected on my own, um, my own experiences, whenever I go to uh, a cafe or a restaurant or I'm meeting friends in a bar, I don't like sitting in the middle. And I've always, I've always wondered why. Um, and, uh, you know, I like to have my back against the wall so I can survey everything that's coming at me. Maybe I was a, you know, maybe I was a spy in my previous life. But I read an interesting article that suggested that if you are like one of a, a physical empathic or an emotional empathic person and you pick up on the energy of other people, that it can be absorbed from behind you and you're unable to protect yourself if you can't see what's coming at you so again this might be a little bit energetic and esoteric for you but also it might be something that you um that you've discovered in yourself and just sort of passed off but that's another thing you know that's another thing that for me i go oh you know what that actually makes that actually makes sense and um and also there's there's another thing about physical distancing and that sort of that reminds me um is step if you find yourself if you find your energy shifting in a negative way when you come into the presence of a person either a person that you know or a person that you don't know try physically distancing yourself from that person by about 20 feet and just see if the energy changes so there's a whole range of tactics that you can explore uh, and and try try out for yourself and see if that helps you um, recover your equanimity refill your empathy uh, recharge your empathy bank balance and uh, and allow you to regain that sense of compassion and care that you have as a highly sensitive person so uh so lovelies that's it from me this week i hope you've enjoyed this little episode and as always uh if you're enjoying what you hear um a bit of a review on either spotify or apple or wherever you are listening to this would be really awesome and um yeah so you know give me five stars is good and if you have any words that you would want to share uh to other potential listeners about how you find my podcast that would be awesome too you can also cover follow me on instagram Nathan.gaffney. And if you want to become a Suck It and See Insider, you can join my Facebook group, Suck It and See Insiders. Uh, so until next time, lovelies, ciao, ciao for now. Mm-hmm.